Somehow, we've transitioned from a killer Santa slasher movie to a story about a coven of witches that vaguely takes place in the vicinity of Christmas. It's just one of those franchises, I guess. Join us for Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, Initiation. Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. Merry December and all that mm-hmm. stuff. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. Ooh, I've been naughty. <laughs> Did you make that joke last year? I feel like you might have done. <laughs> Probably. I don't think that's the first time you've made that joke. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, this is a horror movie podcast. I'm going to get a lump in my stocking this year. <laughs> There's a joke here about a lump in your pants that I, 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 I don't want to say it. I can't believe your mind would go there. Come on. It's oh, a family I, show. After you said, I've been naughty in that voice, you're going to give me shit for my mind going there? Come on now. Um, but yes, welcome everyone. Screws After Bites, the horror movie podcast. Uh, it's obviously the Christmas season. We're doing a couple of Christmas episodes. We'll start spoiler free, of course. No other religions. Uh, but we will get to spoilers in a bit. We'll warn you before we get there. Uh, just before we get started, I'll say if you do enjoy the show, hit the like button. It always helps if you do. And at the end of the show, I'll tell you more about the bonus ep- episodes and the bonus shows you can get over on Patreon if you want to support us over on patreon.com slash TV. Uh, but we'll get into it. Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, Initiation. Hmm. The fourth movie in the, and I'm going to use air quotes for this, franchise. Uh, <laughs> we did three last year. I had never mm-hmm. seen three. I'd never seen four. This was the first time much for me. Uh, this is another stars produced movie, and Brian Usna, who did Society and uh, Brader Reanimator and Return of the Living Dead Part Three, directs this. Uh, <laughs> Cl- Clint Howard's in it, as is Reggie from Phantasm. Horror royalty, and don't forget about the best friend from Rumpelstiltskin. Well, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so, oh, did you she, expect me to re- remember this character? Of course, she's very memorable. Remember, like she she was like that funny best friend who like all her jokes were about like I need a man <laughs> kind of thing. Wait, which which one is that in this movie? Uh, she was like the best friend at work. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't remember, but I'll, I'll I'm on to believe. Ugh. <laughs> what do you want from me, Tim? She's horror royalty. What are you doing? <laughs> horror garbage, maybe. That's not very nice. Santa's gonna. <laughs> Santa's watching. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the pervert. I bet he is. Mm. Gonna give you some lumps. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. Well, this is what off the rails. But hey, this is a movie where Clint mm. Howard gets naked. So you know, finally. <laughs> so you know, like, I guess that's the standard. What do you think the call here. was like? He was like, uh, "Hey, Clint, we got a part for you." Oh, is it the uh, romantic lead? Uh, no, you're gonna be playing a dirty, crazy hobo. <laughs> Again? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's like <laughs> talk about typecasting, cheese. Uh, his brother's off. You know, making movies, doing important jobs. Clint Howard's yeah. stuck with Salinate, Deadline 8 4. So, <laughs> to recap, first movie is actually kind of a, a B movie classic, too, as well, actually, for its like 
absurdly bad stuff in the back half. And then three was a weird movie. It was kind of interesting for what it was, but it certainly wasn't good. Uh, I don't think anyone would be, you know, saying that about it. But getting into four, I didn't know what to expect because three was already stretching the the slasher killer at Christmas genre that it, that it had been up until that point. It was it added in this like weird telepathy part <laughs> that that was a, a bit strange, a bit different. This one is about a coven of witches. You said something interesting there. You said the word recap. And I feel like I only ever hear, hear like, you know, recap. Like, you never just hear cap, you know? Like, what? Like what is, if recapping is, you know, kind of summarizing, like, the past, you know, what, what happened in the movie, like, what is, is there a cap? Like, do people just cap? Because you only ever hear of people recapping. I don't know. That's what's going through my head. <laughs> well, yeah, you cap something off. Okay. So what does that mean? Like, you're just describing something as it happens? No. Well, no, because capping is not describing something. Ca- like, capping something off just finishing the thing. Recapping is going back and describing what what you did earlier. Okay. It seems weird to me. <laughs> uh, if recapping is what you did earlier, then capping should just be what you're currently doing, and then there should be some type of, you know, okay, time. pre-capping. <laughs> okay, I, I searched recap definition to give you mm. more because you're totally wanting more uh, background. <laughs> so it's short for recapitulate. Oh, of course, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to okay. type in capsulate and see what it tells me, okay? Alright, please do. Because that's clearly what you want, stuff, you want yeah. to know. You want to know what ca- cap capsulate. You know I have an inquisitive mind, goddammit. <laughs> uh, this doesn't seem that related because it says cease to resist an opponent or unwelcome demand uh, slash yield. That's what capsulating mm-hmm. to enemy forces means. Oh, so, sounds like our show. So, ca- <laughs> what? So, <laughs> capsulating and recapsulating doesn't actually seem like they're all that related in terms of how they're used. Interesting. Wow. It's not really, but you took us down this path, Tim. <laughs> so, I wonder. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I wonder how how we get to recap from there. Maybe we'll never know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, I'm pretty sure there's like a whole like lineage of the English language, and it goes back mm-hmm. to either Latin or or maybe Greek or, or so, like <laughs> like there's there's people who are like have degrees in this subject who know where words come from. So I suspect it is known. I don't think it's a mystery. I think this is just a case of like you don't know how subatomic particles work, but you trust that there's other people who do. And they, they get the they get the job done. Okay, same thing here. <laughs> sure, yeah, that's fair. I guess. <laughs> I mean, this movie's pretty dull to be honest. So, I mean, I'm not necessarily mad at the uh, the, the, the oh, weird that's a tangent. Bold take. Well, <laughs> okay, it's got some crazy individual mm-hmm. moments. Brian Usner loves to do body horror and people eating disgusting mm-hmm. things, and that's in here. <laughs> but there's a lot of dull in between. The characters are not mm-hmm. that engaging. So, yeah. Mm. Sally, I did like four. is pretty bad. That's my thoughts. I don't usually mm. go first, but you've tricked me into it, Tim. <laughs> How do you feel about Sally, I did like four? 
Um, well, I think I'm going to be slightly more positive than you. Uh, don't get me wrong. I don't think it's a good movie. <laughs> it is uh, pretty bad, but I do think it is kind of crazy and cheesy enough that I mm. you know, found it you know, somewhat enjoyable, interesting to watch. Um, of course, you know, the big thing <laughs> that we'll probably discuss a lot is, uh, you know, the fact that it's deviating from kind of what you think of the franchise and, uh, just in general, it doesn't really feel very Christmassy other than, you know, there's like, you know, set dressing, uh, you know, technically takes place at Christmas time, but it's in Los Angeles. So, you know, it's not the usual Christmas, uh, yes. you know, snowiness that <laughs> you're used to. But I mean, in, in general, like, yeah, I'm missing the, you know, the psycho Santa killer. <laughs> like, you know, it just it just doesn't feel like Christmas if there's not someone in a Santa suit with an axe like chasing people uh, down. I mean, I agree. This is an important part of Christmas. Uh, yeah, I. I mean, worms are cool too. Like, <laughs> don't get me wrong, but they're not very Christmassy to me. Well, they, I don't think they were worms, but yeah, I'll, well, I get your point, though. They're bugs, whatever. <laughs> They're like, more like parasites in this movie, but... Mm-hmm. Um, no, I... I think that... Like, it was okay for the first, like, half hour. Maybe like, even just less than that. And there was mm-hmm. a, enough Christmas, say, there's like a Christmas, like... Not even dinner, just like a, a greeting at a house mm-hmm. that happens. There, there's enough kind of crazy things set, setting up the story... But honestly, once it actually got into the whole, like, coven of witches stuff, once it started going down that path, I thought it got really dull and no amount... Like, I actually thought it was impressive, despite some of the crazy practical effects, which they were doing. They were doing some crazy mm-hmm. practicals to try and do some weird body horror stuff. When they started doing that stuff, mm-hmm. I actually am impressed just how boring it is. Like, I did not feel anything from any of this. I disagree. I, I I think I enjoyed that stuff. Uh, again, not in like a, oh, this is a great movie kind of way, but in a like, mm. well, I can't believe this is the fourth Silent Night, Deadly Night movie. It's pretty out there. I mean, I was, but, I was thinking that a few times. Don't get me wrong. I, <laughs> I, yeah, I, honestly, I don't think Brian Houston is that good. Like, he seems to be mm. attached to a lot of things that are sequels to other things for the most part. Obviously, Society is the one movie that people kind of bring yeah. up. And I don't mm. love that the way some other people do. I... I like his disgusting body horror stuff kind of feels like <laughs> it's like it's it's like Cronenberg but without the class. It's kind of weird to me. <laughs> I get that. So I don't know. I, I I'm not really mm. into his stuff by and large. I mean, mm. uh, Return of the Living Dead three at least has Melinda Clark walking about topless for like half the movie. So I remember at least enjoying <laughs> that part of it. Ha cha cha. But. Uh, Pride of Reanimator, I don't like that much. You know, it's okay, but it's nothing compared to the original. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I think that's all the ones of his that I've seen. This is the, the... Funnily enough, this is the fourth Brian Usner-directed film I think I've watched. <laughs> I could... I'll, t- I'll check, but, uh... Yeah. Uh, I've only seen Society the the one time, but I actually did like it quite a bit. And then, yeah, I, I'd say Pride of Reanimator is... It, it's, like, fun enough, but, yeah, definitely, a, yeah, not... Yeah, much compared to the sequel. Honestly, being a co-writer on the original script for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is probably his best work. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he did do a movie called The Dentist, which sounds fun. Oh, I, I've seen that, yeah. It's a horror movie. Uh, that'll probably be a bonus <laughs> movie at some point. I, I, I can I can imagine it. I can imagine it. I, Yeah, I... 
Yeah, when we did High Action the Kids on the Ace, we talked a lot about how you could easily see how Harold Ramis could be um, Jeffrey Combs instead. Like, just if it was, if it wasn't a kids mm-hmm. movie and you just made it slightly more of a horror movie, how that could be Jeffrey Combs, mm-hmm. and you could see how it came from the same people who made Reanimator. Oh yeah. So oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think one of the bigger issues here is that the main character in this movie is pretty uninteresting. Um, she, like, she's not the worst actor all the time, but I feel like anytime she's supposed to get more angry or scared, like her acting like gets worse, and she starts yelling and she starts like exclaiming things a bit more. And I, I thought that was really kind of pulling me out of things. The movie also tries to like. I guess technically tackle some serious themes of misogyny and things like that, <laughs> but let's just say it's not got the the caliber of rating to back it up and actually really say or do anything with it. <laughs> no, uh, no. I mean, I, I kind of disagree. I actually like the main the main character. I I, I didn't think she was bad. Um, and mm. I don't know. I I thought it was like. Again, it's done in kind of a cheesy way, so I'm I'm not looking this like to tackle serious social issues, but like to me, it was kind of funny, like how over the top it was, like you know, because it it had like that very, you know, like that kind of feeling of uh, you know, it's very early '90s, but it's like a kind of a '90s feeling of like, you know, oh, like you know, she's a a, a go get em woman stuck in this man's world, and like she's gonna show the boys like she can really <laughs> crack it, and like I don't know, I, I thought it was kind of endearing. Uh, Maybe, especially when, uh, you know, your boss is uh, the dude from Phantasm. Yeah, that's got to... You, you feel like you have to kind of step up and prove yourself <laughs> to him. <laughs> uh, I, mean, okay, I mean, I'm glad you get something out of it. I, I was... I was... I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not like, saying I'm 360 degrees away from you or whatever. Um <laughs> If that's a saying, but I mean, it's definitely not because 360 degrees would be back to where I am, Tim. That's a full circle. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying I'm that close to you, but I'm also not that far either. I think what you were trying to say is you're not 180 <laughs> degrees away from me. Mm, that makes sense too. <laughs> but I mean, no, uh... no, no. There's no two. There's no two in that sense. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Um, we'll, we'll find the, the correct, um, circumference to, to where I'm at. Okay. First of all, I was already <laughs> correct. Secondly, that's not a circumference. <laughs> a circumference is not told in degrees, Tim. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. This is just, but listen, all, all I'm trying to say <sighs> is first of all, we love math here on the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and second of all, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not like totally disagreeing with you saying like, oh my God, you're an idiot, even though, well, you know, but I'm, I'm not saying that. What do you mean even though you know? What do you mean? <laughs> continue, continue. I, I don't want to hear not, it. I'm not saying, I'm not saying you're completely off or, or anything. Like I, I, I obviously enjoyed it a little bit more, but, um, yeah, it's not a good movie by by any stretch. Yes. Um, okay, well, I'll also say that there's a lot of people eating things in this movie that are disgusting, and <laughs> it, it was it was off-putting. Do not watch your dinner whilst eating Selenate Deadline 8-4. Mm. <laughs> Just uh, an FYI. 
Uh, I think we'll get spoilers there. We'll work through the movie. I will say you probably don't care, admittedly, and it's not, you're not going to really. It's not you having a classic ruin for you if you hear what we have to say about Silent Deadly Night Four, but you've been warned. So there you go. You've been naughty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hit the like button, or Santa's going to come and beat the shit out you with a baseball bat in the middle of the night. If you're listening to spoilers before watching the movie, that's very naughty. Santa doesn't like that. <laughs> Again, why does your Santa sound like a pervert? Like, every time you're saying something about him. I mean, have you ever heard any Christmas songs? Like, Santa's always so horny in them. It's always like, ooh, Mama's kissing Santa Claus, or Santa's making babies. Or I mean, something. to I be know. fair, I saw the original Silent Deadly Night. There was definitely some horny Santa happening <laughs> in there. That's a big, uh, you know, that's a big tradition in Christmas horror movies. There always has to be some like messed up scene with uh, Santa doing something. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't down on the opening scene. The opening scene where mm. a woman is screaming at the edge of a building, and then it cuts away to Clint Howard eating a dirty burger off the ground. It cuts back <laughs> to the wo- burger, and it cuts back to. <laughs> well, how else would you describe it? That's a good way to describe it. I like it. It's a, it's a dirty. It's been on the ground. It's got bugs crawling in it. It's a dirty burger. I wish I could uh, uh, quote some of um, uh, Mr. Howard's lines, but uh, <laughs> he uses the f word too many times. It's uh, it does. You know, yeah, he's it's a family friendly show. I can't <laughs> can't repeat a lot of what he says. Yeah, so it comes back up to this woman. She's suddenly on fire, right? There was, like, no transition to, like, her not being on fire and then her being on fire. She's just on fire. And then she comes plummeting off the building. Did you ever play NBA Jam? <laughs> I don't think I have, Tim, no. Okay, there was, like, a thing where... I, I think it's, like, if you get, like, was it, like, three uh, points in a row or, or something, like, the announcer goes, like, he's on fire, and then the ball actually catches on fire. It's pretty cool. Are you suggesting she was playing basketball up in the room? <laughs> she might have been. I don't know. It's possible. Uh, I do appreciate that it looked like her legs had been completely burned away. Like, by the time she landed, mm-hmm. there was just, like, sort of, like black ash or marks, like, where the, the legs would be. Which, actually, later on, when her main character, Kim, comes and, like, investigates the crime scene, she sees, like, the outline, right? Mm-hmm. I thought it was a bit weird that the outline, like, faded away where the burns for the legs were, and I'm like, <laughs> why would... Like, they drew this on after she landed and cooled down. Why would the, the lines be affected by it? it? doesn't make any sense. It was just that hot. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, so, that that's your opening. Uh, some random woman jumped off a building on fire, and Clint Howard Hubbard is around eating a dirty burger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember, like, how in the 90s we were all obsessed with spontaneous human combustion? Like, whatever happened to that? <laughs> I, I never hear anyone talk about it anymore. I mean, I want to say I wasn't obsessed with it, because I wasn't. But I do vaguely remember it being, like, a subject of the odd paranormal, like, TV yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do recall such a thing. One uh, of my friends, unfortunately, combusted, too, so it was a... It's a sad year for me. <laughs> it wasn't spontaneous, though. It was like a slow cooking over the course of the year. Yeah. <laughs> We'd just be like, hey, man, you're on fire. He'd be like, I know, and I love NBA Jam, but like, no, you're seriously on fire. <laughs> He's just sitting in a big frying pan, just slowly cooking over the course of the year. 
Oh dear. Uh, so we get introduced to our main character, and you can tell Stars was involved in this because there's just like a gratuitous sex scene at the start for no reason. Uh, oh with, yeah. With her and Hank, her boyfriend, who both work together, and he's just like carrying her, like. <laughs> yeah, mid-sex. So so they're kind of they're both naked, and she's like you know wrapped around him, and he's like sort of awkwardly trying to like walk over to the bed. Yeah. M- meanwhile, the news on TV is talking about this woman who set herself on fire and jumped off a building. I did think it was kind of funny that, like, mid-sex, she's, like, looking at the TV, like, hey, let's hear about this dead lady. Yeah. Yeah, the sex must be so good if she's, like, so, like, she's so, she's so <laughs> you know, invested in it that she's she's watching mm-hmm. the news. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, we get interested in the fact that they both work at this uh, trashy magazine slash newspaper or whatever it is. Okay. And she wants to take this case, but she's not actually a reporter. She does the calendar. <laughs> And she does the <laughs> the confidentials or whatever, mm-hmm. and she wants him to talk to the boss and be like, "Hey, like, he'll listen to you. Talk, talk to Reggie from Phantasm, and tell him <laughs> uh, that I should be put on this case as a reporter." And he's like, "Oh, that's a bit awkward." And you know, I almost can see what he's saying. It's a bit weird if he goes to his boss and says, "Hey, since I'm sleeping with her, can you give her like this, you know, this promotion?" Uh, because I've yeah. asked you to. Like, I get... Th- but he never actually argues that, though. He just kind of awkwardly doesn't say anything. And then, like, there's these two other guys that work there whose entire running gag is is that whenever she's around, they just slut-shame her because she's sleeping with another guy at the office. It's really, mm-hmm. really weird. Yeah. Like, They're not nice people. <laughs> no. Like, he just says things, like, you know, I think later on she walks in, she's like, oh, if it isn't the Virgin Mary, and, mm-hmm. and things like that. They're just relentlessly sexist is unbelievable like she's she's got a boyfriend <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> that's it she just has a boyfriend yeah. but yes they're they're making slut jokes constantly but well, like it seems like though that they are like an, a legitimate couple like it's not like he's a you know player that is just sleeping yeah. around with a bunch of different women it's like no it seems like they're actually in a relationship and stuff although he does seem to be embarrassed to acknowledge the relationship at work because he kind of like pulls away from her uh when the other guys are around as if to be like no no we have to keep the secret here we're you're my secret bit in the side here you know you're not <laughs> you're, you're not like you know my wife well, right? i mean i mean she does classifieds you know <laughs> it's a little a little beneath a, a man of hank's stature and then I've never heard of this, of someone convincing their partner to let them meet their, like, parents. Like, it's usually someone saying, hey, it's time for you <laughs> yeah. to meet my parents, and the other person being like, oh, that's a, oh, that's a bit, I'm a bit nervous, it's a bit, you know, awkward, but sure. <laughs> no, she's like, hey, so can I come meet your parents tonight? He's like, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. is that a good idea? He's like, come on! And he's like, okay, fine, you can come meet my parents tonight. Like, okay. <laughs> now, do you think part of the reason why he was a little hesitant is because his father is a huge anti-Semite? <laughs> And also very sexist. Let's not forget the sexism. Oh yeah, too. Of course, yeah. Uh, yeah he's, 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 he's furious that she is Jewish and also a lady. Like, yeah, he he's making these little comments like immediately. But when she says she's Jewish, uh, he just goes, "Oh Jesus Christ!" <laughs> and he says it out loud where she can Sorry. hear him. And then the wife comes in with a drink. And you'd think that he would just not say anything else about it, but he starts, mm-hmm. like, going on about it and, like, saying stuff. And then he's, because he's, mm-hmm. she's talking about what she does for work, he's like, oh, yeah, I do the, the calendar and stuff at the, at the paper. And he just leans in and goes, I think a woman's place is at home. <laughs> and stares right at her. And I'm like, what? <laughs> this guy 
is a complete <laughs> prick. <laughs> I mean, like, obviously, if you know, if you take it very seriously, it's you know, horrifying. But like, I don't. To me, this is kind of like the cheesy, campy stuff that's so over the top that I found it funny. Like, yeah, he is such a raging piece of shit, but. Also, it's like, yeah, like, who would be such an asshole to that degree? (laughs) That was funny. (laughs) I feel like most people who feel that way will at least show some semblance of holding back until the person leaves, and then they'll run, like, absolute bigots. (laughs) Or, like, you know, if he's a little passive-aggressive, like, that might be more believable, but no, he is just, like, full-on aggressive. Also, you know, you kind of think that... Your son's bringing home a girlfriend. Chances are he probably likes her, you know, so that he probably wants to, you know, like you would at least want to be nice to the person that your son likes. Yeah, but actually, before she even says she's Jewish, uh, or that's after because the, the the little brother. So so Hank's got a little brother who's like mm-hmm. I don't know ten or something like that, twelve maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he asks like if she has a Christmas tree, and when she's explaining, oh no, but there's, you know, I like this time of year though, because lots of different mm-hmm. like religions and cultures celebrate this time of year for different reasons. The dad, Hank's dad just cuts <laughs> in with, that's bullshit. Like, he's, he's basically that character from like those religious like Christian Christmas movies where like oh, yeah. anyone who doesn't celebrate Christmas as Christmas is the enemy and must be defeated at all costs. Unless it was a, a Kirk Cameron movie, in which case he would be the hero. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so now wait, well, kind of. So you're probably thinking at this point, like, okay, you know, it's Christmas time, but oh, okay, she's she's Jewish, she doesn't celebrate Christmas, like Silent Night, Deadly Night, you know, traditional Christmas horror. Like, all right, maybe mm. this is gonna have something to do with the movie and come into play, but no, absolutely not. <laughs> I never comes up. In fact, after this scene. <laughs> It basically forgets Stephen Bother mentioned that it's Christmas. The only time you see anything mm-hmm. Christmassy later on is that there's a very quick scene at the office Christmas party in the sort of back mm-hmm. third. But af- yeah. after this scene, like, you barely see anything Christmassy again for the rest of the movie. Uh, <sighs> well, actually, barring one brief snippet of Salinate Deadly Night Part 3 playing on a TV in one scene. Mm-hmm. And Santa's yes. in that scene. So technically, I suppose mm-hmm. that's another Christmassy thing. So, mm-hmm. uh,. Chuck it up. Otherwise, we're doing amateur reporter tries to investigate suicide, <laughs> but it's actually to do with a witch's coven, so she starts seeing weird shit. <laughs> and, you know, uh, th- I think so in this scene, like, she gets offered something to eat and she eats it, but then when she's investigating the the crime scene, she goes out of this bookstore that's owned by this other main character named, what was it? FEMA? Or FEMA, yeah. Uh, who, by the way, is the head witch. I'll just I'll say that now for <gasps> context. Uh, and Clinton Howard's in there, and Clinton Howard pokes her on the bum. It's <laughs> <Just> marking her. <laughs> he just walks up and pokes her on the bum, which she rightly gets upset about. And the the mm. female lady like sends him upstairs. Turns out he's a homeless person who lives on the roof of this building, so mm-hmm. he goes back up there. Uh, but this is all just kind of set up. She's wanting a book about. Uh, you know, combustion and stuff like that. She goes mm-hmm. up to the roof, she does some looking around, but then Clint Howard pulls out this big parasite from this, like, pipe and mm-hmm. holds it up against her face. It's all very weird, and she runs off, and that's her experience on day one as a reporter. <laughs> hey, she must be doing something right. Which, by the way, she wasn't given this assignment yet. She chose to go rogue and investigate this on her own because she wants Hell to yeah. prove herself. Badass. Uh, sure, okay. 
And this is where well, we we love a character that goes rogue. This is where it gets including rogue from the X Men. This is where it gets disgusting though, because like. Mm-hmm. There's a guy who works in like the butcher shop downstairs who like is eating nuts that are covered in blood. He doesn't care that his hands are mm. covered in blood. And then <laughs> when she goes home, she's or actually when she's in the the, the bookshop, she feeds her like a what's it? She feeds her. I think it's a date. Yeah, it's like a big date. Um, and that's disgusting the way they emphasize her chewing sounds and stuff. And then when mm-hmm. she goes home, like cockroaches and stuff start oh. crawling out all of her food. Yeah, I mean, and and before you, you know, you're just going back to her eating in the bookstore. Uh, the gross part to me is that she like spits out the pit in her palm, and then the bookkeeper or the you know the FEMA or whatever, she like you know takes a tissue and like picks it up for her, and then like holds it, which is just very weird. <laughs> like, uh, like usually most people would just be like, oh, like here's a trash can, you can throw it in or, or whatever. Like, I don't know, it seemed very strange. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. I think some of this actually took place before the Christmas meet up with the parents because I, I remember thinking mm-hmm. it was weird that she because she makes herself spaghetti and they do like a little thing here where she looks at this book about occult stuff and the spaghetti's mm-hmm. in the same shape as the symbol that's in the book and I was <laughs> like yeah. all right come on now movie come on we're being silly now <laughs> we're being silly uh, but then like cockroaches is silly night deadly night ah <laughs> it is I think it is Tim that's what it should have been called. But cockroaches start crawling out of her food and she sort of throws it to the side and she gets all freaked out. And then the phone rings and it's her boyfriend saying, hey, are you coming to meet my parents or not? And she's like, yeah, I'll be there in five minutes. And I was like, wait, why were you making dinner? If, if you were planning on going to this thing with your, your boyfriend, did she forget? Yeah, sometimes you need a snack. A full plate of spaghetti and like a sides, <laughs> a snack? For me, it would be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh God! Honestly, at this point, in the events of the movie start to. Uh, there's a big cockroach on her wall at one point that she doesn't see. It's just kind of hanging out there. I don't know if that's here or like later on, but it's it's around. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of the, you know, uh, investigating, starting to get paranoid, kind of like, you know, I think even early on, you kind of figure, like, a lot of these people are probably in on it. Like, it wasn't, like, super shocking yeah, <laughs> to the, find out. The bookshop lady, like, gives her some odd looks. There's an old woman walking around there as well that's giving her some odd looks. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. this is just a coven of witches, and that was obviously a sacrifice at the start of the movie for something, whatever it may have been. <laughs> eh. so, yeah. Then the, yeah. So then the, the probably the next big kind of set piece or whatever would be when she goes to... The picnic? Um... Yeah, well, I could. I forget what happens at the picnic. Not really much happens there, right? It's more when she goes to her actual house, right? Yeah, the pic- the picnic though has a weird moment at the end where uh, Fima kisses her on the lips, and oh right, 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 like, and it's it's almost like she was in a trance or whatever because she doesn't seem to remember it later. <laughs> like Kim never brings it up. The next time she sees Fima, she doesn't act <laughs> awkward or weird because there was that you know, well, whether it was good or bad for her perspective, she might actually have been into it. Who knows? But. She never mm-hmm. acts like, oh, we shared an intimate moment and we don't know how to move forward from here or anything like that. Yeah. She's just mm-hmm. like, it's like it never happened. Because uh, that's when she's back up on the roof again, which, oh, I, I need to talk about the editing here. So she's investigating the thing still with, because at the picnic, Hank shows up and says, mm-hmm. hey, you need to come back to it. Because she's ditching work at this moment to go to this picnic. Hank takes her mm-hmm. back to the office and she's told by Reggie that 
Hank's putting a good word for it and that she should be put in the case as long as it doesn't detract from her regular work. And Hank gives her a little like wink wink, like, hey, I did it for you, baby. And are the best. I'm the best boyfriend. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's great. And she's, but she's kind of out of it now because she feels weird. Like the picnic thing's like put a bit of a, like a hex on her or something. And she, she's like, how did you know where I was? And he's like, oh, I asked your friend. And she's like, okay. And she walks over to the friend. She's like, did you tell Hank where I was today? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, but how did you know? You must have told me. Huh, okay. Spoiler alert, the friend's one of the witches. <gasps> My God. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, what I'm getting to is that she's investigating this with Hank. She goes back to the crime scene, they look about, they go up to the roof, and they're talking about, you know, falling off the roof, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Before he goes back to work and she wants to stay here and look into things more, they share a kiss and they're standing there sort of being kissy and talking very you know close to each other for a good like minute of screen time. And the editing and camera work here is so bad, it crosses the line like multiple times to the point where when he walks away from her to leave the scene, it feels like he teleports because they flip <laughs> they flip around and he's already like half a step away so when it cuts to that shot it feels like he's switched from like the one side to the other and it just it's really badly edited it's like breaking so many rules of basic filmmaking principles so and i know brian using that well i don't necessarily like a lot of his movies like he's not like a complete amateur so i'm not really sure why sure. it's this poorly done um mm-hmm. maybe a second unit director had to like shoot that scene that day or something i don't know but uh it's really rough i kind of gathered that this wasn't like his pride and joy <laughs> of, of, of the movies he's done i mean i think that's fair uh i wouldn't <laughs> deny that um not that like you know you, you know I'm, I'm sure there's stuff that he likes in it or whatever and like it, it's not like he disowned it or whatever but you know <laughs> I, I i feel like when people talk about the used in and they this isn't the first one that usually pops up you can tell it's his though with the weird body stuff absolutely yeah. definitely feels like one of his uh so she goes down to talk to fema who lives above her bookshop and fema drugs her with some fancy tea mm-hmm. and then starts to like like all the other witches show up and they hold her down and clint howard comes in with one of these big parasite things and feeds it to her or puts it in her belly button i think actually now i'm thinking about it <laughs> yeah and they feed her some other weird stuff as well and then she like vomits up a giant cockroach i think it is Mm -hmm. and then clinton howard picks that up they split it in half and then start pouring the innards of the cockroach into her mouth (laughs) tim can you make sense of any of this hey it's a trip man i mean i don't know what cults do (laughs) (laughs) and for the record she's not really struggling that much because she's kind of in like Mm -hmm. a sort of half trans kind of daze it's like she's yeah she's looking up and she's like but she's not really fighting or has the whereabout to actually say anything or anything like that yeah i mean i i will say i did find this stuff a little icky to watch like the rest of the movie i i up until this point i thought was you know uh like even the stuff that you know might be trying to be more serious or whatever it's still kind of like cheesy and campy to me like this i don't know just feels kind of gross like i mean obviously you know the implications are like you know it's basically like you know just being drugged and then you know forced to do stuff against her will and have stuff thrust upon her so it's not really a fun time especially in like you know a cheesy christmas horror movie yeah 
don't worry though later on the the rape gets literal so you, you get <laughs> you get both sides of it oh thank goodness i'm being facetious of course uh, for anyone not picking up on that in my tone um right. <laughs> basically she wakes up after she falls asleep and she gets up and feels a bit weird but she tries to leave and all the witches are like no you must stay honey you must stay you must finish mm. And she goes to Hank's place and they send Clint Howard after her, right? <laughs> and her, honestly, she's so out of it when she goes to Hank's place. She sort of flip-flops from, like, wanting to have sex with him to wanting to, like, make herself vomit. And then she wants to have sex with him again. And Hank's just like, wait, what was that? Confused. He doesn't know what, what, what she's acting like. But then she kind of pins him down and starts, you know. And actually, her dialogue here is really weird because she starts whispering in, her, in his ear. I want to have sex with you when you go to sleep. I want you to get hard when you're asleep. I don't want you to wake up, so stay still. Stay perfectly still. Um, so that's what's happening. And then Clint Howard, who's followed her here, just walks into the apartment and sits down in the bed, at the edge of the bed, and turns on the TV. And it's like, after like 20 seconds of him watching Selling Night, Deadline 8 Part 3, Hank eventually like, notices, and all of his like, orgasming and pleasure, he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Clint Howard's on my uh, bed. Who's this asshole? <laughs> yeah. Nothing will give you blue balls faster than <laughs> just looking over and seeing Clint Howard. <laughs> uh, Sorry, Clint. We love you, but I mean that that would be disturbing. <laughs> oh, it would be very disturbing. I mean, almost anyone just miraculously appearing at the edge of your bed without you no- noticing sure. is, is going to be disturbing. Let's be honest. Unless you yeah. already know them personally, maybe. But mm-hmm. like hell, Santa. It would probably be even weirder for us because we know who Clint Howard is as an actor. Like if if Clint Howard yeah. just shoot appeared at the edge of your bed, like, ice cream man. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's the kid from Star Trek. Uh. <laughs> oh dear. Let's not forget he was in Leprechaun too. <laughs> I try to forget him every day. <laughs> My goal is to uh, one day have my copy of Leprechaun 2 signed by the entire cast. I'm trying to think if I've heard anything sadder in my life than what you just said. <laughs> nope, can't, uh, can't do it. I tried. Unfortunately, I, I have zero <laughs> signatures so far, but... <laughs> My my goal is to one day have them all. At least one of the cast members is dead already, so you're out of luck with him, but... Hey! What? It's <laughs> not nice. What you mean it's not nice? I'm just stating a fact! <laughs> Calling someone dead is very mean. <laughs> no, it's not! It's factual! Someone's either alive or dead, and if they're dead, they're dead! <laughs> Well, I agree to disagree. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Clint Howard and and Hank have a have a have a fight, <laughs> uh, and Hank stabs him. We get this moment where if it, it almost feels like when when they snap out of it and it starts, it turns into a fight. It's almost like Kim actually becomes her real self again because she's scared. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, she was acting kind of possessed before, but now she's acting kind of normal, and. I, I think the implication is is that everything they did to her was supposed to make her, like, horny because the whole, like, ritual's building up to, like, Clint Howard, you know, planting the seed in her. Sure. Um, so that's why she's so horny. But now that she snapped out of it, she's, like, scared again. But she's hiding under the bed and she watches, like, the blood fall onto uh, 
Hank's feet as he's being stabbed. Um, <laughs> so it was so. I think I do kind of enjoy the humor of part of this though, which is that when she comes out after and. Clint Howard's just brutally stabbed her boyfriend. He's very calm when he says, oh, come on, Kim, let's just go. We have to go back now. <laughs> come on. Like, yeah. he, he's not hes not actually trying to be threatening. He's more just kind of mm. the annoyed Aaron boy who's like, come on, let's just go back. Like, all this will stop if you go back to her. And sure yeah. enough, uh, like, more weird stuff starts happening where, like, her shins start to, like, spark. Like, she's got robot legs. And there's, like, weird stuff in her hair. She's seeing more bugs. <laughs> And it's like, this will all stop if you go back and finish what, what you know, Fima, Fima, that's her name, what Fima wants, <laughs> if you go go back and finish the ritual. So she eventually just decides, okay, fine. Actually, no, is this later when they want her to get the well, boy? Well, I, I was going to say, like, at what point is it like, okay, actually, you need a boy? <laughs> like, that, Well, that's definitely after this, because the whole, the whole uh, weird Clint Howard and his weird dildo mask, uh, <laughs> right. but otherwise naked. Um, so yeah they, they have like the rest of the ritual where they get her back to like a secret room in their building and they hold her down and they strip her and Clint Howard comes in wearing this uh, it's like it's like a ball gown mask but there's a big long nose on it I actually thought for a second it was just a dildo and then I looked closer and went oh no it's actually just like a, a cylinder but it Mm. It, it, like it was like okay it was clearly phallic and phallic yeah you just get some quick glimpses of him on top of her and this is obviously part of the mm. the ritual and i'm like this is the most traumatizing thing i may have ever seen <laughs> yeah again like when you come into the silent night deadly night franchise you expect it to be yeah a little more uh I don't know, fun and cheesy and goofy. I mean, I guess the other ones were, were kind of taking themselves there, seriously too, but... There was some sleaze, though. Like, there was definitely some... I mean, Santa yeah. did, like, rip open the, the top at the start of the first movie and That's was, true. was getting a bit pervy. <laughs> so it's not, it's not like it's not had stuff like that, but that just felt uh, more... Maybe it's because, like, the main character or whatever just I don't know, feels yeah. grosser. It's also because we're but... building up to it and, like, Clint Howard's <laughs> been kind of pervy looking at her the whole movie. It's, it's like we, we're, we have a lot more context for this and it just feels a bit skeevier. Yeah. Uh, but then, like, her her fingers start to, like, bend in weird directions, and then they sort of fuse together, her legs fuse together, and I thought she was becoming a mermaid for some reason, but, um, instead... I can't really explain exactly what's going on, but I do think it looked really cool. I thought the special oh. effects were cool here. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, she, her, her, eventually, like, the, the fused together part of her kind of breaks off like a mm. shell, and she's normal underneath, so she gets up and, like, the the cook who was earlier on eating the peanuts he's like there because mm-hmm. this is like the back of his place so he's clearly working with the witches for whatever reason um and she gets up and she goes home she tries to tell the police that her boyfriend's dead uh, <laughs> but the policeman who comes and checks her place uh, all the evidence of a fight's been wiped there's no blood there's nothing mm-hmm. broken so they don't believe her he just belittles her and says i can recommend a therapist and she gets upset about that she goes to the Christmas party at work and Reggie's like, no, Hank's just out of town. What are you talking about? And they all just, and Hank's like, hey, you got his job though. That's what you wanted kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, is, it, is the implication here is that like they're all in on it or? No, I don't think so. I think the implication mm-hmm. is, is the witches have done a spell and everyone's like sort of oh, okay. had a lie fed to them or something. Uh, oh actually i remember like so the, the way they got her back for the, the rest of the ritual uh the whole thing where she decides to help because she wants all the weird stuff to stop happening that's later the way she gets back to the ritual the first time when uh clint Hubbard's trying to get her to go back 
is because this is when it reveals that the friend she shows up and she turns out to oh, be one right, of the right, coven. Right. Yes. So she yeah. helps get her back. <laughs> Uh, because you think Clint's going to have to stab her because he's like, oh no, and he's holding the blade mm. and then she comes in and takes the blade from him and sort of chastises him for being a screw up. And it's like, oh no, right, yeah. you're working with the witches. <laughs> you're one of them. So, um, but yeah. Uh, anyway, so there was like a brief mention from FEMA that she lost a daughter and mm. it's not surprising later on when she says that the woman who was who went off the roof on fire was her daughter and it seems like what she's trying to do in the movie is to basically have Kim be a vessel for her daughter to be reborn in her. It's like, mm-hmm. when this process is all complete, her daughter will be in her. Although the ending kind of murkied that up, and I kind of felt like maybe what she was saying is, is that she wanted her daughter to be like... This is actually a little bit hereditary. She wanted her daughter to be like the carrier of like evil or something, and then mm-hmm. her daughter you know, wasn't strong enough to like go through with the murder of someone. So that's why she ended up... <laughs> you know, burning on fire and going off the roof. Mm-hmm. And she's hoping Kim will be that. And they've done everything, but Kim has to do one more thing for the the process to be complete, is to kill a man. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it's actually, when one of them, when she says to them, oh, but Hank's dead, Fima just leans in and goes, he's just a man. <laughs> You're not a part of that world anymore. It, it's so weird to me, because the whole movie is like, Look at all these awful men. They're all misogynistic. Like, she can't get anything done or do what she wants as a career because everyone's, like, beating her down. Hank's dad's super sexist. Everyone at work is super sexist. And then, like, I suppose in a weird way, what they're trying to do is, like, justify why all these women turn to being witches because, yeah, this world sucks for women and they're... But they're so far in the other direction where they just want to brutally murder men, you know, on a whim. And they they specifically want her to kill Hank's little brother, right? That's this like eleven, twelve year old who's innocent. So she doesn't want to do it. That's when all the weird stuff's happening. And Clint Howard's like, "Hey, all this weird stuff that's happening to you'll stop if you just do what they say and like you know finish everything." So the last chunk of the movie is her going to the family's house with Clint Howard. Uh, Clint wants to go in with her, but he just he's told to stay back. And she goes and kidnaps the kid by tricking him by saying that his big brother is in their van. So he falls for the oldest trick in the book, the little shit. <laughs> and from here, like, they try to get her to stab the, the kid. They've got him, like, down the ground on the roof, and they've got like, his shirt open for, for, for her to stab um, him. And then don't forget, too, that Clint Howard ends up killing the parents as well. Oh, of course, yes. How could I forget? <laughs> he basically... Which, I wasn't really sure why, because they already had the kid... Yeah, I, mean, I guess maybe if you don't want him calling the cops or something, but... Yeah, it was basically for no reason. He just runs in and mm-hmm. quickly kills the wife and then chases the husband around a bit. Uh, and and it's probably the most, like, Silent Night, Deadly Night kill, though, because he's, like, choking him with Christmas lights. So it's like, that's true. Hey, this is a little, little bit Christmassy. <laughs> that's all you get, I guess. That's, that's what you get. <laughs> and we're basically at the last scene because the, the movie mm-hmm. ends very abruptly when it's done. Uh Basically, oh, yeah. <laughs> the the main character, Kim, she's holding a knife and they're saying, you have to stab him, you have to kill him. And instead, she stabs Fima, she resists the urge. And <laughs> Fima's like, oh, you're going to burn up just like my daughter did. And then she is able to revert the knife back and stabs Fima. So Fima burns up and <laughs> dies in a, a, burn, a crisp. And the rest of the witches just kind of are like, oh, that's disappointing. And they, they just kind of walk <laughs> off. They don't... 
It's not like they keep trying to kill her or anything like that. They're just like, oh, well, I guess that's that. We'll, we'll just leave now. Like, oh, well, there's no ritual. I'm out of here. Yeah. Uh, although Clint Howard does die in the process. Because Clint yeah. Howard, despite being a creepy pervert villain who's murdered people the whole movie, tries to defend <laughs> uh, Kim. I guess he's got a crush on her. Yeah, I didn't really understand that. It was kind of weird. When Fima goes to kill her, he jumps mm-hmm. in and says, no, don't hurt her. And then Fima <laughs> kills him. So he's yeah. he, he's gone. And he gets like devoured by giant whatever leeches or Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a shot looking down at him or... he's got he's covered in these big yeah. parasite looking things, yeah. Um and then that that's basically it. Like, you know, they're, they're looking down at the charred body of FEMA after she's burned alive and the credits just start rolling. Which actually mm-hmm. uh that reminds me, the opening titles of this like it's like it thought it was like a Hitchcock <laughs> movie from the sixties because it's all these spirals and stuff and yeah. it's like what is this? This isn't very Christmas themed. And I, and it's weird because I, I think it like, f- at first it comes up as like initiation. So like, you're kind of like, oh, wait a minute, I'm, I'm watching a Silent Night, Deadly Night movie, right? And then after that, it's like Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. And you're like, oh, okay. And I, I mean, I, this is clearly like, not a Silent Night, Deadly Night script. Like this had to have been, you know, a, a totally separate movie that they just slapped the name on. Yeah, the company clearly got the rights to the name and they just slapped it on a couple of TV movies that they they wanted to make, you know, for cheap. And this is... Or three... Because I, I think three was stars as well. So, like, yeah, it feels like they're just random different scripts that they've just slapped the title on. Maybe the scripts weren't even set at Christmas. They just said, oh, just put in a few references to Christmas and call it a day. And yeah. here we are. And, yeah, it's it's unfulfilling. It's unfulfilling as a Silent Night, Deadly Night movie. It's... It got some practical effects, like it's got more than they'd expect from a TV movie, so I'll give it that much at least. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh... I think that it was so kind of weird and unexpected that uh, it, it can be interesting throughout. Like, I, I can't say that was necessarily... You said it was kind of dull, but I don't say... I, I didn't really think I was that bored by the watch. Um, yeah, I could have used more Christmas for sure. But uh, I don't know. Like it wasn't the worst thing <laughs> in the world to me. I think the whole like these women are secretly all witches and they're actually doing little things to like do something mm-hmm. to her as part of a long spell or a long uh, <coughs> ceremony of some kind. I guess I just I think you have to have a lot of stale and atmosphere to pull that off. Where I give a shit about it because as it mm-hmm. is in this movie, I was just so bored by that premise. I'm like, okay, I get it. You're you're slowly like prepping her for your. You know, she, it's like it's like she's dinner being prepped for the grill. You know, <laughs> like the whole movie, you're just sort of waiting for it. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, look, I've seen worse, right? Absolutely, mm-hmm. this is not the most bottom of the barrel you can get, but it's under the, you know, it's, it's it's under the good threshold. I would say quite comfortably. Sure, yeah. You know, I I think I preferred three, and three wasn't great, but I think the weirdness of three appealed to me a little mm-hmm. bit more than this one did. I mean, at the very least, three was still trying to be, you know, part of the franchise. Like they added a lot more weird elements, but it was still, you know, the part of Silent Night, Deadly Night. This is just, yeah, it's a, a weird offshoot. It's a, it's a witch movie with a couple of Christmas trees in the background. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I you probably say it's like the much less successful version of like 
Halloween three. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> yes, yes, much, much, much. And Halloween three was not even successful at the time. <laughs> like, right. Halloween three did not do well. Uh, but yeah, this is obviously much, much lower on the totem pole. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just kind of a, a sad state of affairs, uh, all things considered. Mm. Um, I guess it's time we rate it. I don't really have much to add. Uh, is there any particular like, mm. practical effects you want to give a shout out to? Since that's probably the highlight of the movie for most people. Uh, I mean, you mentioned it before, but um, I do like when her fingers like get all long and entangled. Like I don't know, there's something about it that just. Again, it seemed really weird, but the the way they were moving just seemed like I don't know, very freaky. And <laughs> there's something that l- looked. Uh, it's also like very unusual. Like it's not gonna affect you. You see very often. So I, don't know, I, I thought that was really cool. Um, all the bug stuff, like I don't like it. Again, <laughs> I I really have no idea, like why it's in this movie or what the purpose <laughs> of it is. But I think they look cool. Like you know. That giant cockroach that was on the wall, like, hey, that looked like a cool giant cockroach. I wish maybe it had more relevance or there was a reason it was doing what it was doing. But, yeah, I thought that was cool. And the same thing whenever they pick up, like, a giant maggot or, you know, whatever it yeah, is. Like, it, it's... it almost feels like they were doing a witch thing and they're like, okay, mm-hmm. what random gross props do we have from something else that we can just, <laughs> we can just pretend is part of the ritual? Because, yeah, there's never really yeah. any like direct symbolism that are that they, they go into as to why it's all these specific things that are popping up in her head i, I think maybe what they were just trying to say is that because she's scared of them she's seen the things she's scared of as opposed to oh okay it's yeah. specifically those things but i mean i i'm like i'm reaching for that to like give the movie an explanation i, I don't know if mm-hmm. that's really what they were intending necessarily yeah <laughs> I don't think we, uh, I mean, if anyone wants to get in the comments and defend with your selling it Deadline 8 for lore and say, this, this is why <laughs> they did this, then by all means, go ahead. Uh, but I cannot tell you, uh, audience, how little of a shit I give. <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to forget this movie pretty quickly after we're done talking about it and be okay with that. So, uh, on the upside, we just have part five left to go. So that's mm-hmm. fun. We're not doing that this year, though. We'll get to that probably next year. Mm-hmm. Although part of me is hoping there's more Christmas movies out that are worth doing so we don't have to do it for a while. <laughs> but we'll uh, we'll get to it in a future Christmas year. We've, we've got other Christmas things picked out. But, uh, all right. No excitement for the toy maker. No. <laughs> I'm assuming that's from part five. Yeah, Silent Night Deadly. I believe it's called Silent Night Deadly Night 5, the toy maker. Okay. I, 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 I could hey, be wrong, but I'm pretty least, sure that's the title. That sounds more connected to Christmas to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kids get toys for Christmas. That sounds like a thing. <laughs> elves make toys, as we all know. <laughs> they are elves up in the North Pole making PS5s as we speak. <laughs> yes, unless they're those evil uh, Nazi elves that uh, try to kidnap a teenage girl to, mm-hmm. you know, give second coming to the third reich or something yeah you remember? okay for anyone who's not getting i, re- I remember yeah. that i remember the movie. yeah but for the audience if you think i'm making some sort of weird thing here like the, we did a, mo- a bonus episode for christmas one year called elves and it has the most insane plot where the elves are actually nazis or something like that it, it's mm-hmm. wild um worth a watch for I- the craziness 
I just remember the line. I forget how it's teed up. Like, I think someone asks the granddaughter or something, and she just has like this line where she's just like, Grandpa's a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a lot of very memorable lines in that movie, actually. Yeah. Uh, that was a fun one. I, I just wish it was uh, more available because I remember, I think we kind of had a little bit of a hard time tracking it down. That seems like one that you should be getting like a. Yeah, Blu-ray release from Vinegar Syndrome or something. Yeah, hopefully it does at some point. Uh, right now, you do kind of have to go into the, the, the deep, dark pits of the internet to try and mm-hmm. find it. Well, actually, I don't think that's true. I think it was on YouTube. But <laughs> the point, yeah. point being, it's just a crappy old VHS rip. So, mm-hmm. Anywho, uh, what are you rating Silent Dead on 8 Part 4, Tim? <clears throat> um, yeah, I think... Again, there's there's definitely a lot of stuff you can criticize uh, about it. Um, some pretty nonsensical <laughs> story beats. Um, very little to do with the franchise or Christmas in general, which, I mean, wouldn't be a bad thing if this was called, like, you know, The Initiation. <laughs> but since it is called Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, you can Also, have to... there's another movie called The Initiation, which is decent mm. from what I remember. Uh, I, I think I saw that, and if I'm remembering well, it correctly, I, I enjoyed it, I think. I think we did it on the show time, so I'm positive. Mm, doesn't mean I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> JK, come on. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, I still think I like kind of enjoyed it in like a bad, cheesy horror movie uh, kind of way. Like, um, there's some over-the-top characters. Uh, there's, you know, like a lot of, like familiar faces which is always you know fun to see um and uh, again the practical effects I, I thought were really well done like um that's definitely gonna bump it up a, a few notches for me uh yeah obviously can't go too high you know for this type of movie so i'll probably give it a maybe just like a, a smidge below the the middle point so i'll get like a 4.5 for it okay yeah, I, th- I yeah, I have definitely a bit more negative. I appreciate that there is a lot of involved practical effects, so at least put some effort into something. But I, I don't enjoy the plot all that much. Uh, though the absurdity of seeing Clint Howard in a weird dildo mask, uh, <laughs> but topless, is going to haunt me forever. Hey, you got your Halloween outfit picked out for next year. Har, 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 har. Uh, so I, I think for me it's more of a... <laughs> More of a three, you know. It's not a complete. It's not the worst of the worst. Like it could go lower, but I think it's pretty, pretty bad. So mm-hmm. three out of ten for me. So uh, that's a three point seven five average for people who like to keep track of that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But that is the that is the show. Uh, so if all goes to plan, we should be doing for our our second of two Christmas episodes. Uh, we should mm-hmm. be doing it's a wonderful knife before uh, the Christmas season is done. Uh, also, our Patreon mm-hmm. bonus this month is also going to be a Christmas-themed movie. So, looking mm-hmm. forward to that if you're on Patreon. Um, yeah, patreon.com slash TV. You get a bonus episode every month. And at the $5 tier, you get a new, another show called uh, Even More Screams, which has been on hiatus since before Tim was on paternity leave, but it's coming back mm-hmm. this month for Christmas. <laughs> it's a show where we and Tim just talk about the different horror movies we've been watching, and maybe we'll have like a quiz or a topic or something at the top of the show. It's mm-hmm. a bit more casual... It's very easy to jump in without having to watch anything. Uh, but, yeah, so that's coming back uh, later in December. So look forward to that. Uh, otherwise, though, there's other bonus material on there for the other movie podcasts that we do in Mail Fuzz Movies. If you haven't checked them out, check out The Collector's Cut, uh, which is a sort of general movie podcast where we work 
through franchises and subgenres of movies and filmographies and things like that. So all all this it comes in like seasons of like doing like uh, we just did like David Fincher yes. season for example and did a bunch mm-hmm. of David Fincher movies. Um, or the Atomic Sam Experiment, which is a sci-fi movie podcast, similar to this one, but sci-fi. Uh, so go check out those if you would like. But uh, that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. Any final early early December Christmas thoughts you'd like to give to the, the audience, Tim? Uh, I would really just love to get my hand on one of those PlayStation portals. Uh, <laughs> if anyone would be so kind uh, to <laughs> gift me one, uh, send me a, a message and I'll, I'll send you my address and uh, okay. appreciate it. Thank you. I've been a nice boy this year. I deserve it. Okay, okay. Oh, if he's getting that, <laughs> I want a 65-inch OLED <laughs> TV. Mm. Mm. You undervalue yourself, Tim. You ask for something that's only two hundred dollars. I'm going to ask for something that's fifteen hundred dollars. Right, I always forget how uh, our, our patrons are independently wealthy. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's kind of funny to think though that one day a billionaire could just be like, "I like these guys," and just be like, "I will pledge fifty thousand a month." Damn it! I mean, that's why you know we always are, are very complimentary towards the musks and zuckerbergs of the world <laughs> no we are not how dare you <laughs> how dare you that's the show everyone thank you very much for joining us this has been screws after midnight we'll see you for another christmas episode in about two weeks time good night goodbye merry christmas